I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Sleep Pod. The podcast where the stories are occasionally high concept but always low stakes. My name is James, and I'm here to make up a boring, drama-free, and mildly amusing story to help set you up for a long and restful sleep. First off, let me apologise for being a week late getting this episode out. I was away on a much-needed break for a couple of weeks, which wouldn't have been an issue if I hadn't have contracted quite a stinker of a cold as soon as I got home. Thankfully, I'm back to my usual self, both physically and mentally, and raring to bore you to sleep. This episode's word of inspiration that I'll be using as a guiding light for the following improvised story came to me in the form of a sign. While I was ill, laying down on the sofa feeling sorry for myself, The only thing I could focus on with any level of interest was the large, mustard-coloured curtain that was hanging up above me, blocking out the corrosive rays of the sun's unrelenting light. That curtain was a good friend to me during that trying time, so to honour it in a way that no doubt the universe intended, the word of inspiration is curtain. So, get yourself comfortable, tuck yourself in, say goodnight to any inanimate objects that are directly in your vicinity, stop practicing your Mongolian throat singing while you wait for me to get started, and I'll begin with this episode's story. Curtain Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Stratford Plume had been living in his house for a number of years. When he had originally been on the market for buying a new home, he had looked all over the place, trying to find something that felt just right for him. After a number of months of searching and seeking, trying to find the ideal house for him, eventually he found it. Stratford Plume's house was a four-bedroomed, detached house, situated in the outskirts of a small village, just outside of Tidworth. The house had a well-kept gravel driveway with enough space for at least three cars. To the rear of the property was quite a spacious garden, mainly consisting of a large lawn with flower beds running either side, filled with many colourful flowers. And at the end of the garden, there was a crab apple tree. The house itself didn't look that remarkable, quite unassuming. The design choices that had been made made it glaringly obvious that the building had been constructed in the late 1970s, but from that point onwards it had been well maintained and looked after. 
It had nice new windows, a brightly painted front door, and it even had a satellite dish on the roof. Once he saw the building that would eventually become his home, advertised in the window of a local estate agent's, he was instantly interested. He booked a viewing that very moment, and a short while later, went on a tour around the home, guided by the previous owners. The location was great, the house itself was great, it was exactly what he wanted, and so he made all of the required steps to go ahead with the purchase. But that was a number of years ago, and since then, the house that Stratford Plume had purchased eventually became a home. It had all of his favourite things in it. His favourite seat. His favourite table. His favourite bed. All of his clothes. And all of the rest of his belongings. He really liked living there. Sure, it was away from the hustle and bustle of the big city. But that's what he wanted from life now. One day, in early August, he returned home from his weekly trip to the supermarket. He had bought all of the ingredients that he had needed to get him through for the next seven days. He carried his bags in from the car, unlocked the front door, brought the bags into the hallway, shut the door behind him, and then carried them all into the kitchen, where he slowly and methodically put all of the items in their designated spaces. This did take him a little bit of time to do, to make sure that everything was exactly where it should be. But past experiences told him that if he didn't make the effort and make sure that everything was correctly positioned, sooner or later he would go into the kitchen and try to find something, but he wouldn't be able to find it straight away. Eventually, when the last item, a bag of basmati rice, was put in the basmati rice jar in the cupboard that he had designated the pasta and rice cupboard, he poured himself a large glass of water to celebrate a job well done. He took a few deep sips, and once he felt that he was sufficiently hydrated, he popped the glass 
back down onto the side of the kitchen counter and began strolling through his home. He had no plans for the rest of the day. His main job was to go shopping, and he had done that without any incident. Hmm, he thought. What can I do now? First, he walked into the hallway. There was a large bookcase that ran alongside the main thoroughfare of this part of the house. He casually passed his eyes over the spines of a number of books, seeing if any of their titles caught his eye. But once he finished walking past the bookshelf, he realized that there was nothing that he wanted to read. He turned and entered his living room. He looked at the comfortable chair that was positioned at an optimal distance for television viewing. Hmm, he thought. Maybe I should watch a film or maybe just some television. He thought about some of the films that were on his to-watch list, and then thought about some of the TV shows that he also could watch. But there was nothing that was really scratching the itch that he had. After a bit more thinking, he decided that the problem that he had was that he didn't know what he wanted to do. He could watch television at any time. He could read at any time. But when he thought about actually doing anything like that, at that exact moment, none of it felt that appealing to him. He walked over to the chair. A nice brown armchair that was very, very comfortable, even though, visually, it did look quite old and tatty and worn. He had considered, at numerous times in the past, about looking at getting it reupholstered. But once he saw the price estimates for reupholstery of armchairs, he then looked at reupholstering it himself. Sure, it would be quite a bit cheaper. However, doing so would require him to learn a new skill. He had plenty of time on his hands. It was something that he could probably do. But he just never got round to it. And instead, kept the chair as it was. After all, he didn't mind how it looked, and changing it would just be to appease visitors, really. He slumped down in the chair, and did a big, long, and slightly dramatic sigh. <sighs> he said, What can I do? 
He decided his best way, instead of just walking around the house to look at things, was to think about everything in each room one by one and see if there was anything in those rooms that appealed to him. He had already done the living room and he had already done the hallway. He thought about the kitchen. Sure, he said to himself. I know there was a few items when I was putting the shopping away that made me think this could be slightly better organized. However, I don't really want to reorganize the kitchen right now. I will definitely do it another day, but not today. He thought about his bedroom. He thought about going for a nap. But then decided that if he went for a nap now, it would probably negatively affect his sleep later. He also came to the same conclusion when he considered going for a nap in one of the spare bedrooms. Sure, sleeping in a different bed just for fun may be interesting, but he should probably wait until it was bedtime before doing it. He thought about the garden and doing some gardening. Then, after moving his head a little bit and squinting out the window, it was clear that it was going to rain soon. And so gardening probably wasn't a great idea at that time. After thinking about a number of different rooms and locations in his house, suddenly he got an idea. Of course, he said to himself, and sprung up out of the seat. It's about time I went into that room and did that thing, he said. And so he walked back across the living room floor, walked down the hallway to another room. He didn't know what to call this room. The house had ample space for all of the other room-specific things. There was an office, and that had all of his office-y things in it. Like a desk, a chair, a computer, a filing cabinet, a fax machine and an in-tray. He didn't get used that often, but he decided that if he was going to own a house with an office room in it, it should have office-y things in it. But the room that he was now stood outside of, he didn't even know what to really call it. In his head, he had just designated it as the curtain room. He opened the door 
to the curtain room, stepped in, and then closed the door behind him. It was dark in the curtain room, so he decided to turn on the light switch. The room was maybe half of the size of his living room, roughly about the same size as his office. The carpet was exactly the same colour as the carpet that ran through the rest of the house. Beige. The walls were painted in magnolia, coloured paint. There was no interesting light shade, just a bare light bulb hanging from the ceiling, connected to the standard light fixture fitting. The only thing that there was really in that room, apart from him, was a large curtain. For the size of it, in anywhere else in a home, you'd think that it would be two curtains that meet in the middle. However, after Stratford had initially moved in and investigated the room, he had discovered that it was just one single very wide curtain. It was light blue in colour, but it was that slightly greenish blue. After some careful examining, whilst referring to a flip book of hues, he had discovered that it was duck egg blue. He wasn't sure what fabric it was, it was quite coarse to the touch, rough underneath his fingertips. Possibly wool. He didn't think that he'd ever really seen wool curtains before. He wasn't really one for paying too much attention to fabrics, materials, and textures, but he was sure that woolen curtains was not very common. Stratford took a few steps back so he could look at the entirety of the curtain. He wasn't sure why he'd never done this before. It wasn't fear. It wasn't lack of intrigue. It was just something that he'd never been in the mood to do. He had realised early on that the interesting thing about this particular room and this particular curtain was that the curtain was positioned against a wall where there was no window on the other side of it. When he thought about it, he was often intrigued on why there was a curtain there, but never enough to actually go into the room, pull it back, and see what was going on behind it. However, the day had finally come for him to investigate 
he was in the mood. He was excited. And so, with a deep breath, he took a few steps forward, lifted up his arm, grasped the right-hand side of the curtain, and carefully pulled it leftwards. To Stratford Plume's surprise, there was a window there. At first, he had been surprised, confused. Maybe after all of this time, he had just been wrong. However, on closer inspection, he realized that the view that was visible from this seemingly impossible window was not the type of view that he would get from anywhere on the outside of his home. Through the window, he could see rolling countryside, trees, some clouds. In the distance, there was definitely some type of wild animal. He couldn't identify what type of wild animal it was. Maybe a deer. Maybe some kind of wild cow. He wasn't sure. It was quite a way off, and he did not have any binoculars to hand. Hmm, he said. This is very interesting. For a long while, he just stood there gazing out of the window, trying to make sense of the whole thing. Sure, he had heard about strange things like this happening to other people, but mostly those kind of things only happen to other people in fictional television shows. This kind of thing had never happened to him before. He moved around a little bit, trying to see through the window at different angles to see if there was anything else he could see. Some clue about where exactly this window was facing out over. Unfortunately, there was no real clues. For all intents and purposes, this window gave a view of somewhere that he had never heard of. Somewhere that he would never recognize. He stayed there for a little bit longer, hoping that the wild animals would get a little bit closer, so he could possibly identify them. But they kept their distance. And so, eventually, Stratford decided that he had looked out of the window enough. He reached out and grasped the curtain, pulled it closed, completely obscuring the window, and then left the room. He decided that he needed to have a bit of a sit down and a think about all of this 
and what it meant. As he walked through the hallway, on his way to the living room so he could have a sit down, a thought struck him. Maybe he could identify the location by seeing where the sun was in the sky. He stopped walking and turned around and returned to the curtain room. He walked back up to the curtain, pulled the right edge of the fabric all the way to the left, and then his mouth opened in shock. The view that he had been looking out of had completely changed. It wasn't even that a lot of time had passed. And it was definitely a different location. The distant tree line and rolling hills now been replaced with a mountain range. This time, the window was positioned somehow near the peak of some large mountain. He got really close to the window and had a look out. But all he could really see was snow and ice and rocks. Hmm, he thought. This is very interesting, but I wonder where this window looks out on. He ran into the hallway, scoured his bookcase, and grabbed his copy of Mountain Ranges of the World, and brought it back into the curtain room. For a while he stood there, turning page after page, trying to find some image of a mountain range that matched the one that he could see from the window. But there was nothing. Perhaps it wasn't a main mountain. Perhaps it was from a strange angle that no photographer would take a picture of the mountain range from. He was sure he was pretty high up. But there was no real other clues that he could ascertain from just looking through the window. He placed the book down on the floor and then decided to try something else. Once again, he closed the curtain, and then, as soon as it had reached its final journey to the right-hand side of the wall, he pulled it back again, hoping that this time it would be somewhere that he could identify.
where the dazzlingly white brightness of the snow had been just mere moments before. Now all he could see was darkness. He walked over to the light switch and turned it off, hoping that that would enable him to see outside a little bit better. And it did. What he thought was some kind of strange, ominous black void. It's actually a desert. From his limited vantage point, all he could see was sand dunes. Wind blowing bits of sand off the crests of the dunes. And not a lot else. Ah, he said, and looked up. The night sky was full of stars, and it didn't take him too long to ascertain one small bit of information. This window definitely looks out over somewhere in the northern hemisphere. He could also work out which direction the window was pointing. It was good that he now knew that the window, at this present time, was at least looking out over one half of the planet and not the other, which was a pretty big find. Before, the window could have been looking out at anywhere in the world. But now he knew that at least half of that world it wasn't looking out at. He stayed for a while longer, looking out over the sand that stretched out for what felt like infinity in front of him, hoping that he could see something, anything. After a while, he did notice that there was what appeared to be an aeroplane somewhere high up above him. But it was too far away for him to see anything. He did consider rushing around his home, trying to find the large telescope that he had bought himself a few years ago. But he decided against it, and thought that by the time he found it, the aeroplane would probably be gone. So he just stayed there and watched, hoping that something interesting happened. But nothing did. Eventually, he thought the time had come to close the curtain and open it maybe one last time for the day. Stratford knew what he was like. He didn't necessarily have an addictive personality, but if he found something that he enjoyed doing, 
something that really got his interest. He could spend hours upon hours just doing that. And he didn't want to get sucked down that particular rabbit hole at the moment. So he decided one last refresh of this magic window. And then I'll do something else for a little bit. He turned on the light so he could see what he was doing a little bit better and closed the curtain. He took a deep breath and crossed his fingers, hoping that he was going to see something interesting. And when he had hoped as much as he could, he pulled the curtain back. This time it was definitely daylight. There was a lot of sun. Also he felt slightly confused at first. Because initially he thought that the view now in front of him was exactly the same as the previous one. Except at a different time. It was definitely very deserty. There was a lot of sand about. But after closer inspection, he realized he was in a different place altogether. There were cactuses. A tumbleweed rolled past the window. Up ahead, he could see a number of structures that appeared to be made out of wood. Hmm. I wonder where I am now, he thought. Suddenly, outside the window, a figure came into view. It was a man. He was riding a horse. He had a big hat on. Impressive looking boots. And some clothes that looked definitely not era appropriate for the modern day. Without thinking too much, he stepped towards the window and started knocking on it, hoping to get the man's attention. But unfortunately, he didn't. Either the window just didn't work like that, or the man had bad hearing. Perhaps he was just slightly too far away to be heard. Either way, Stratford was now even more excited. If there's one thing that Stratford Bloom liked, it was the whole concept of the Wild West. He thought cowboys were really cool 
and always wanted to buy one of those self-playing pianos. Alongside some saloon doors to enter one of the rooms in his home. Never bought any because they were wildly impractical. And finding one of those self-playing pianos that made the right sound exactly was difficult. These days, those type of self-playing pianos always sounded too polished. A proper, authentic one should sound really janky and permanently slightly off-key. But despite this, he was still very passionate about his fondness for the Wild West. Stratford thought for a moment. He weighed up his options. And then decided that it was worth the risk. For the first time, he had actually looked at the window properly. There was a lock and a handle. So he reached out, turned the key that was already in the lock of the window, and unlocked it. He took the key out and placed it in his pocket just in case, and then turned the handle, pushed the window open. As soon as he did, he was hit with the warm breeze of desert air. Wow, he thought. This is really real. He opened the window even further and leant out. He looked around him and confirmed what he had initially thought. The window was somehow just some kind of free-floating structure that was positioned a metre or so above ground level. With a heave, he clambered out of the window, his feet landing in the soft desert sand. He straightened up and had a look at the window. Yes, from where he was stood he could see the curtain room in his home. He moved around the window, where something should be. There was nothing. The window was completely invisible from the other side. Hmm, he thought. He knew he shouldn't wander off far. And he knew that it was probably slightly risky doing this. 
that there was one thing that he had always wanted more than anything in life. And for the first time, he would be able to achieve that goal. He took a few steps away from the window, made sure that he could remember exactly where it was so he could return shortly, and followed the trail in the sand that had been left by the horse and the man on top of the horse. The trail was leading to what he could now identify as a small town. All the buildings were wood. They said in big letters what they were, if they were things like saloons or banks. It was exactly like a Wild West town should look. If film and TV was any guide on what things were actually like. As he got closer to the town, he could see that there were a number of people standing around and talking to one another. Few people on horses. Few people near horses. He carried on walking towards a group of people, one of which he had instantly identified as a cowboy. As he walked, he turned round a few times just to make sure that he was exactly certain on where he had come from. And eventually, he was stood almost right in front of the cowboy that he had seen. The cowboy was stood next to his horse. He was stroking the horse's head. As Stratford stepped even closer, the cowboy slowly turned and looked at him. He nodded his head, and Stratford did the same. Excuse me, said Stratford. Yes, said the cowboy. Are you a cowboy? The cowboy thought for a moment. And then said, I suppose I am. Great, said Stratford. I was wondering... It's always been a lifelong goal of mine. If you could do me one small favour. The cowboy stood and looked at Stratford. He looked at his clothes that, in comparison, must have seemed very strange. Maybe, said the cowboy. What? Stratford was very excited. This was all going very well so far. Well, he said, ever since I was a little boy, I've always wanted a cowboy to say 
howdy to me. And I was wondering, would you be able to do that for me, please? The cowboy stood there, staring deeply at Stratford. And then eventually, after a moment, he said, Howdy. Stratford beamed with glee. Thank you very much, he said. The cowboy nodded and turned back to his horse. And Stratford turned round and started running, skipping with glee, back to the window. He didn't know when he had woken up that morning that one of his lifelong ambitions was going to be fulfilled. He still couldn't believe that an actual cowboy had said howdy to him. But he had. And so Stratford returned to the window. He climbed back through and closed and locked it just in case. And he felt very happy. He was about to close the curtain when he thought, actually, I might keep this open for a little bit. I might go back at some point. And so he left the curtain open. He turned off the light, left the curtain room, and had a very enjoyable rest of his day. That's the end of this episode's story. As always, thanks for listening. For some possibly slightly sporadic information and whatnot, don't forget you can always follow me on the social medias. There's links in the episode description. Until next time, sleep well. Good night. <laughs>